whoa, whoa. This is not that kind of show. But my name is Matt Brown. Oh, here it goes. And let's start the show. Hey, so what's it gonna be? I am McLovin. Uh. No, you're not. Place because you are with us tonight. Welcome to the Productive Conversations podcast. My name is Matt Brown, and I hope everybody is quite in a good, humbling, happy, and great place. What's up? I hope everybody's good on this. This Wednesday edition of the Productive Conversations podcast, February 3rd, 2021. We're almost there. We're getting through the winter. We're pushing. We will strive and overcome it. And then as more vaccines roll out, as more people continue to follow the rules, this pandemic will be over. Say it loud and say it proud because the pandemic will be done. How's everyone else doing otherwise? I hope you're all great. I just want to remind you to please like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And please leave us a review. And also check us out on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast for exclusive content regarding this great podcast and this great endeavor. And if you want to follow my personal social media pages, follow me on Twitter at MattBrown31 and follow me on Instagram at MattBrown300. What's up? Hope everybody is uh, feeling good, living better today. I just want to say, if you have a conflict with someone, I'm not bringing up anything that's specific to me. I'm just saying in general. If you have a conflict, it's okay to fix it. It's okay to talk to someone. It's okay to be honest with candor. And with patience, you can figure out your conflicts. I just want to make that clear because it seems that there's a lot of conflict in the world. Whether on Twitter, Instagram, your personal lives. It seems to be just so much conflict and headaches and makes you want to scream. But you can use your inside voice. You can use your authentic personality. And things should be able to get fixed. It's a guarantee it will. You know, timing is everything and we do need the patience to fix these things. But if you're having an issue, don't forget to take the time to fix it. And ultimately do the right thing from there. But I trust it either way for good things ahead. And I trust you will do the right thing. So on the program today, we have the incredible, the talented, the witty, Alessandro Viviano. Guy I knew from back in the day at school. Uh, since we talked, last talked in person until the recording. He's really striving in the world of content creation. He talks about his TikToks. He grew this whole entire hair. I mean, in the sense that he grew his hair much longer. And he tells the actual the actual humbling story and reason behind that. And he talks about his interest in real estate and stocks, or specifically Robinhood, I should say. And 
this man uh, makes the most of his time. So the fact that he came on the show to talk about these incredible things was quite was quite an enjoyable experience, and it was a great time for sure. But let me just hand it off to the great Alessandra Viviano. It's your turn. Let's start the show. He's a content creator, he's a writer, and he's a talented individual. Isn't he lovely? Everybody, we're in for a treat because Andy Viviano, a.k.a. Alessandro Viviano, is on the Productive Conversations podcast today. What's up, brother? Wow, that is... Does everybody get that kind of welcome? Because I think you're laying it on pretty thick, Matt. I'm not that great. <laughs> I like your honesty. You know, I think I'm just telling the truth about everybody. So, yes, <laughs> that's the case. Okay. Hey, listen, I'll take the compliment where it's given. I appreciate you, my friend. Oh, man, I appreciate you, too. we got a nice setup. We've got Manhattan's own with probably the greatest hair flow I've seen in a while. And I'm not just <laughs> saying that. It's well, awesome, know. man. I appreciate it. Listen, if it's not too dangerous, I'll bust it out. <laughs> Feel, please, please bless us. Here? Okay, all right, we'll we'll start. If you want, to business. We'll get back to business after this. You got a nice little, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. nice little flow going on here. But okay, here's the thing. I'm going mm-hmm. to donate it. The whole idea was uh, at the start of pe- the pandemic. You know, I wanted to help, so yeah. I was like, maybe I'll grow my hair and then donate it. Wow. So I- 12 inches to donate and um i want to keep some of it so i'm gonna donate it when it gets warm again because it's way too cold to cut any hair off my head right so this really helps you out the long hair look huh at least right now in the winter the practicality of it is next to none matt like i Mm -hmm. I can cover my ears with no hat and uh you know i've been golfing oh man have i been golfing winter golf (laughs) so i've been called tommy fleetwood many times Dude, I feel, I respect it. I see it. What is, have you, is this the first time you've had really long hair in your life? Yeah, honestly, um, the longest I've had my hair before this was no longer than probably uh, six, seven inches. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is by far the longest I've ever had my hair. But I've seen, you know, my dad had the big hair in the 80s, very long hair. <laughs> So I come from a long line of uh, long-haired Italian gentlemen. Right, right. And so with all this, like, did you just let it go? Did you have to grow a certain way? Did you have to take certain, I don't know, supplements? Like no. some people I've heard? Or do you, it's just, it's just oh, God's natural ability, I guess. Uh-oh. Are you, uh, you hearing things about uh, supplement, hair supplements, Matt? The only time I've ever heard a situation like that was they always said, you know, the actor Jeremy Piven? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I remember he once said he took HGH to grow a beard. Hmm, okay. That's interesting, but that's yeah, always that's- I've heard. But, you know, what can yeah, you do yeah. to, to get pretty in this world? You know, I, uh, I, I use a... Uh... I use a bunch of head and shoulders. Unfortunately, during the winter, I have some dandruff. But honestly, <laughs> aside from that, nothing really. You know, right. it's just uh, it, I just kind of let it flow. Um, 
So, you know, aside from my dandruff, don't let that get out, Matt. You got, you're going to have to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if it's good for Patrick Mahomes and Troy Palomalu, why not for you? Why not for you? Greatness. Greatness personified right there. Absolutely, like, bro. Talking about that, I mean, Mahomes is different. <laughs> different, man. He really is. Oh, I definitely want to get into our update talking about the sports world. But firstly, I want to talk with you, Andy. And do you want it to be Andy or Alessandro? Well, see, here's, here's the thing. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know, Matt and I go way back. We go back to college. And, yes, uh, sir. My Andy, my real name, my given name is Alessandro Gianviviano. Very Italian. Right. And the reason I was given this name was because for seven days, and I shit you not, seven days I was unnamed because my parents were fighting over what to name me. My mom wanted Gabriel. My father wanted uh, Dante. So my dad won the fight. After seven days, he got the Italian name. So he's like, his name's Alessandro Gian Viviano. Mm -hmm. Big Italian name. And my mom's like, all right, but we're going to call him Andy. Okay. I'm telling you, like every single per all of my friends from my youth, everybody who knows me calls me Andy. But yeah. you know, it's uh, we're getting to the branding station of my life, and Alessandro John Viviano does have a certain brand ring to it. Definitely, so, it sticks out. I don't know any other Alessandro John Viviano, so that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, there's a couple other Andys out there, so um. Don't worry. So Matt, Matt obviously knows me as Andy. So obviously during this conversation, Andy's perfect. But if you're uh, looking to hire an actor, director, or a camera, <laughs> you want to contact Alessandro. Alessandro Viviano. Excellent, brother. Excellent. So for Andy Alessandro, so maybe you want to just be called John, but my great guest at this time, I want to get into your content creation. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I mean, you know, I, uh, for the longest time, I resisted TikTok. I just didn't want to be on it. I, like, thought it was going to be a waste of time, and I was worried about getting sucked in, really, you know? (laughs) Like so many other people I know. But uh, after a while, you know, I kind of just decided that shit makes me laugh. Like, honestly, in my life, shit makes me laugh. And I know that if I'm laughing, somebody else out there will find it pretty hilarious. And I don't know, man. Ever since uh, 2021, I've started this year with a vigor and energy, all Mm -hmm. positive, trying to leave behind all negative thoughts, any thoughts of, I don't know, shame that you would feel if something's not as funny as you would want it to be. Mm-hmm. I kind of took away a filter that I had put on myself. No one had put this filter on me, but I had held myself to a certain standard of image. And honestly, right. it's 2021, and uh, fuck that. I spent a, you know, we all spent a year fucking inside. For sure. On ourselves and trying to figure out where we are in this world. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I decided. I decided that, like, if something makes me laugh, it'll probably make someone else laugh. If something yeah. moves to a point to post, like, someone else probably is going through that same kind of emotional and uh, intellectual action. So maybe, you know, help them out. And uh, it, listen, if somewhere down the line, I happen to come into some money, that would be wonderful too. 
dude, I, I really love your candor in this. So you would say this is as a result of, you know, obviously everyone's lives changed last year and you really wanted to just do what you want and love as a content creator. So it seems you got the confidence to just do whatever you want amongst this and the audience will come in the following. But if you believe in your own product, that's just half the battle. So you would agree that's your real motivation in this? Exactly. Talking all that. Exactly, brother. Honestly, it's uh, I think it's just a bridge to connect with more people, and the more people I can connect with, the more people I can help. I mean, I think of acting and storytelling as a form of therapy. Like I really yeah. do. I really believe that people, the common person, everyone, has a really hard time tackling their emotions and feelings head on, and has a way easier time viewing a character go through those same emotions in that same life moment yeah. and watching how they deal with it. Cause then they actually cathartically release through the story. Maybe I'm not making sense, but um, no, you're, you're, you're loud and clear. The best part about it, for instance, filmmaking, uh, content creation and creating social videos, acting and acting on stage and on screen. The point of all the storytelling is uh, the biggest emphasis is getting characters that we connect with, even in the most insane genres. Like if you, even like a Luke Skywalker at star Wars is just a kid who's trying to live up to his dad's live it out of his dad's shadow, make something of himself. So when you're creating your content, wherever it is, whether it's the, you know, the bagel shop you work at or subway in New York, you're just creating something that probably all New Yorkers connect with, but also just people at work connect with. It's a slice of life. Yeah, Yeah. slice of life, a slice of truth, for sure. That's what we're going for. What is your favorite TikTok you've made so far? Um, That's a tough one. Or one of your favorites. It doesn't be the very favorite, but... I mean, to be honest... I think my content, so I started off, I was an amateur TikTok. Obviously, there's a learning curve. People are right. really good at making TikToks. Like this is a, people make a living off of this. So For you sure. got to, you know, you got to learn the lingo. And it took me a little bit. I started this year. So I'm still only in my second month of TikTok ever. Uh, by the way. At Alessandro John Viviano on TikTok. Yes. I was definitely going to plug after that for sure. Yes. No good. No worries. Uh, <laughs> but I made a TikTok about Matt LaFleur's decision to kick a field goal last night. Yes. And I think it's pretty incredible. I think it's good. I used a SpongeBob sound bite um, when Mr. Krabs is offered money, everything in this rich man's wallet, in this rich man's pocket for SpongeBob, like as a worker. Mr. Krabs ponders whether to take the 62 cents and he takes the 62 <laughs> over SpongeBob. So I made Mr. Krabs, Matt LaFleur taking a chance to go down five points, which is yep. inexcusable, inexcusable as a head coach. Uh, and now with two minutes left in the fourth quarter of the conference championship. I mean, yeah. When the best player on the field, arguably is your quarterback and you need three yards and he got you there and he's always got you there. It's, it's a rookie head coach call. We could get into this in a little bit. For but, sure. uh, yeah, I really like – I made a couple of TikToks about the NFC Championship game, which are pretty funny. And then also one of so my – Oh, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. One of my very first TikToks I made was on the golf course, and it was me and three of my friends playing winter golf. And there's mm-hmm. all – there's, like, hundreds of geese, like, 
oh yeah yards away and we're teeing off and it's van Cortland park shout out van Cortland. so the tee box is fucking destroyed it does not look like a tee box there's it's just dirt and you know, my, uh, my brother joey uh he hits his drive very nice just straight over the birds uh the next video is gabe my friend straight over the birds right down the middle my third friend michael steps up he's a little less experienced and he takes a whack and the ball goes directly on a i would say a 12 degree angle to the right Ooh, the splice uh, oh yeah man. an immediate and uh it was just perfect and that that one makes me laugh every time i look at it so thank you for asking those are my favorites so far i guess absolutely and I I expect you to go viral with your look. You, as you oh. said, your own original original part as a content creator. And why not? I, I like your, your push to make it forward. And I really connect the same way when I made the podcast. I just make yeah. it, I, I definitely have aspirations for it. But at first, I just want to do the podcast just to do it. Catch up with you people like you and then just show how awesome our guests are as individuals and all as productive in other ways. And, yeah, and then you'll have this in 25 years when we're producing movies. Crazy. Absolutely, man. You know who does one? Brian Koppelman. Creator yeah, of Billions, does a side podcast. Uh, I mean, the list goes on with people working in the industry and just do a podcast on the side too. So and I was just, I there was just one, as you know, I'm also doing production on the behind the scenes side. I want to be a producer. And then there was a, uh, as this pandemic was going on and still qual you know, still qualified for jobs. I remember I just got a no from a job at an old internship of mine that i was qualified for and the automatic email said i oh we think there's other um candidates who have more qualifications but i've worked here previously and i have the um years of experience and all the stuff you're looking for and then it was just one one more no that i said you know what i'm gonna make my own content these people are gonna miss out and if I can, uh, you know, I don't have to toot my own horn, but, you know, we're just about three months in. We've had three, we had 863 downloads and about 13,000 YouTube views. And I did that by myself from scratch with three months. Imagine yeah. what I can do for a production company or a conglomerate and stuff. So that's oh, how I really want to say it. I love that. My mantra for this year is 2021, ready? Level mm-hmm. up. 2022, double up. Oh man, we triple up at twenty three and then quadruple twenty four and rising and rising. So, dang, yo, I, I, I honestly think we're going into the roaring twenties here. I'm excited. Oh, I'm prepared. I'm prepared <laughs> for it. And you know, bro, I like that. I like that energy. I like that. Energy a lot. <laughs> Seriously. So that's how I just figured this. Was, I could just make these credentials for the not only just to show my creativity, not only to show my passion to do it's just my passion to create content for various audience, but also just myself. And I know that the audience will follow and then someone will give me an opportunity to work again. So that's why this podcast is here. That's why I will stay here and will continue to grow even once I start working again. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Yo. Uh, all right. Switching gears from our content creations. You with TikTok, me with podcasts, Andy, you are an actor. I've seen you with short films. I've seen you on stage. I've seen you in ad campaigns. First things first, why don't you tell my listeners um, what you've been up to, what your aspirations with acting, like what you've been doing, you know, previous time, and then what you hope to do in the future with acting. 
and where you come from in your background. Absolutely. So I, uh, both my, uh, okay. How should I tell me tell about, me. tell me about, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you, I'll walk you into it. So first, Andy, <laughs> lay this out real slow for me. I'm going to, I'm going li- to, I'm pretty. I got to listen slow. <laughs> I love you, man. Listen, so Andy, you come from an acting family. Both your parents are actors. Both your actor, your parents have worked on Broadway. Is this where your aspirations become an actor, following in their footsteps? You know, um, I, uh, I. So basically, yes, it is both. It is very true. Both my parents are actors. So always, when I was growing up, I had people in the business around me. See, I didn't know this growing up. I was a very energetic, you could say ADD based child. Right. And I need constant energy, efficient activity. So I decided they, uh, first when I was like three or four, they put me in a dance class and I was bouncing all over the rooms. Like I, no one can contain me. So then I saw all my friends playing sports and I was like, I want to play sports. So my parents sat down, they had a very in-depth conversation. They were like, okay, we're going to let him do what he wants. And if he wants to get back, to the arts, whatever, he'll make that choice on his own. So I grew up uh, on the Upper West Side, born and raised in New York City. Let's go, baby. Um, I grew up playing every sport I could. The only sport I really couldn't play was football because there's no football in New York City. There's only a couple top teams. But I played basketball, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, no hockey, can't skate. Do not catch me on skates. (laughs) You you won't catch me on skates. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. but I grew up, and then in high school, I, you know, I'd always sung. Like, I, I was always been in choir and stuff. I always knew I was, like, naturally could sing and do things of that nature. Right. But in high school, I accompanied a friend to an audition for this theater program. And this theater program was set up for children who had been on Broadway, who had aged out of being children on Broadway and were too young to play teens or adults on Broadway. So it was like a weird intermediate and it was like this professionally styled company, <laughs> uh, theater company in New York city that had really, really talented kids. Um, so I went with my friend just as moral support and they ended up offering me a part in the show. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like I, I went home. And How did you get the part? Did they just see you? Just like, you got it. Like, you well, just yeah, I went, with, I went with my friend to the audition as like moral support. And I, I sang a song. Like, oh, I okay, did, cool, cool. Yeah. I sang a song just cause like, I, I, I knew how to sing. Like I knew what yeah. I was saying, you know? So I did that audition and they offered me a part. And I remember coming home and I was like, I don't know, mom, like it, it could be fun. Like, why not? Like I was also playing basketball and baseball in high school on varsity at that time so Mm -hmm. had no not didn't really have time to do much else but she was like if you do this play you're gonna be an actor and i fucking know it and i'm like (laughs) i don't know about that the play was rent and it's all about like community love and like the love of the arts and creation it's all about that all that beautiful bullshit that will take a 17 year old and make him into an actor. So that's what fucking happened. And, How about uh, that? Is a real Troy Bolton, huh? I guess. So. Hey man, I've heard the comparison <laughs> before. And honestly, every time someone would say it, I'd be like, I'd take like real pride in that. You know, I, we, I wasn't a point guard though in high school. I wasn't a Troy Bolton. Like I wasn't a scorer. 
Like, no, I'm like an intense <laughs> guy. Like, I get boards, I take charges, lots of hustle. You're the enforcer. You know yeah. who? You know who oh. played? You know who played sports and also did? Um, who also acted? Kirk Cousins. You could find the clip of him singing. Oh. And he, he's really good. He's got a good voice in there. I bet. Hey, man, Justin Tucker is like a world-renowned opera singer. You knew that? <laughs> I actually did see that. I just seen that clip before. And, you know, yeah, John he, David Washington was played at okay. Morehouse, and obviously now he's rising in Hollywood. It's awesome to see. Playing Tenet, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's plenty of people. Tenet. Yeah. Tenet's fun. I liked okay. it. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. I'll give it a look. You know, it's a you know it's a Nolan movie, so you, gotta, you get so Nolan. you get a headache after, but you're still yeah, seven inspired. layers of seven layers of thinking there. <laughs> all right, all right. So you get the bug, you decide this is what I want to pursue. Then yeah. you decided to what? I guess you assume you just at that point just went all like the biggest esteemed school, uh, you know, theater programs out there yeah, for stage much. screen. Pretty much, I was, uh, well, okay, so I was young, and I was like, okay, musical theater, like, that's where I belong, like, I'm gonna do musical theater, so I was the first ever person from my high school, my Lower East Side private high school, Quaker high school, friend seminary, go Owls, <laughs> um, listen, great school, wonderful school, we had meeting for worship, 20 minutes of silence, twice a week, together, as a whole upper school, it was wild, um, Low-key, that sounds nice in a crazy way. It was wonderful. It was very therapeutic. My freshman year, I slept through it. My sophomore year, I started to appreciate it. My junior year, I really appreciated it. And my senior year, I spoke once. So let's just, you know, I I experienced the full transformation. Anyway. Go Owls. Yeah, go go Owls, baby. (laughs) Um, So I I was the first person to apply for musical theater from my high school, I think, ever. My college counselor had no idea how to handle it. She was like, <laughs> "Like you can do this. So I would have to literally go into auditions. I don't know if you know about the musical theater college audition process. Do you have any idea? Yeah, I have a familiarity with it. But if you want to yeah. like talk I'll, with I'll tell the long, audience. I'll do a long story short, absolutely. Yeah. So basically, if you want to go to musical theater college, you have to first get into the university that the college – that the uh, specific program has. So, like, if you wanted to go to the Michigan musical theater program, you have to get into Michigan first. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. Hartford, you know, wherever, Point Park, whatever. All right. these Carnegie Mellon. Carlin Mellon. Yeah, and some of these are very, very good schools. Um, second of all, if they then, if you then get in, you mm-hmm. audition. Like, either you have to go to the school to audition or there's these things called unifieds where all the schools come into New York City, or they did. They didn't do it for the pandemic, obviously. Right. They all come into New York City and have a week in the winter. It would be happening literally like next week or so, where they audition hundreds of high school students like for their college programs, and there's like hundreds of schools that come. They have one in New York. They have one in L.A. They have one in Chicago. I'm pretty sure they have one in the South as well. So it's like a huge deal. Oh, and wow. like – and it happens in like three weekends or four weekends. So I did all those auditions and I walked out of the U Miami audition and they were like, we, we think you're really dope. We're going to offer you a full ride. And I was like, bet. Like, I was so excited. Like I was, gonna go, 
Uh, yeah, the U. Yo, bro, let's go. <laughs> uh, I was going to go to the U. Everybody knew, like, my uh, college counselor, everything was signed, sealed, delivered. Two weeks before decision date, I think it's May 1st or April, 1st, one of the, you know, decision date, they, like, we're set, we're, like, ready to sign. We're like, hey, like, just want to sign, like, blah, 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 all this stuff. They go, hey, so we lost the full ride to the football team. Ooh. So it's $78,000 a year. And we were like, yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we really tried to find the money, like to find scholarships and grants. Didn't work out, which is fine. It's a moment. Mm. It's a passing moment. But uh, we went, Hartford was the closest place I applied to the city. And uh, I went there. Because it offered a very good, very good program, as well as it offered a good financial package, like supplemental package for what I was receiving, like the most competitive of any of the other schools I was looking at. Definitely. And um, yeah, it's uh, the rest is rock and roll history, and that's what brings me here. Right. You got Brown. Look at that. Yes, the way we know from Theta Chi fraternity specifically, sure. and it's uh really sweet to have this come back here even all those years later man so go to hartford you graduate and i'm sorry about the miami situation but i hope ah, that the you know, is what it is. i would have been face down in a ditch somewhere so it's all good. <laughs> hey man and we you know we rot you as you said you you finish school what do you do after you finish school? Get your degree, so, got some experience. What's next for you? So during school, yeah. So during school as an actor, you know, you, especially during the summers, you make these connections. I worked every summer mm-hmm. at this theater at on the UConn campus. On the UConn campus, it's called Connecticut Repertory Theater. And I made connections yep. there, which is wonderful. The Hart School program in and of itself, actually senior year, you get a chance to work if you're lucky enough and audition enough and it works out you get a chance to work at Hartford stage, which is a huge regional theater company in in the country. So I got to work at Hartford stage for two productions. I got to be in Christmas Carol my senior year. And then also this world premiere of a play based on the Edith Wharton novel, age of innocence. Wow. I got to, yeah, I got to work with the Scorsese movie too. Yes, it is a Scorsese movie. Yes, it is. It's a good Scorsese movie. I mean, you know, I think it's good. I like it. Daniel Day-Lewis, Winona is in that. Great movie. Um, Great story. But I got a chance to be in the world premiere play of that and work with some really, really cool people. Wow. And uh, right after grad, during graduation, that's what I was doing. I was doing that play. And then after graduation, the play moved to Princeton on the Princeton campus and moved to Princeton, New Jersey at the McCarter theater. And I got to do it there as well. So it was, uh, a nice little plug from Hartford and move straight into the real professional world. It was yeah. nice. Yeah. And right. uh, since then I've just been on the acting grind or since then pre COVID. Yep. I was on the acting grind, you know, just going into auditions, plugging away. Uh, I ended up doing, let's see, I ended up doing million dollar quartet in Long Island in Arg- at the Argyle mm-hmm. Theater in Babylon, Long Island. I learned how to play the guitar. I learned how to jerry curl my hair to look like Elvis. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful experience. 
And then, yeah, stepped, kept on that acting grind, catered every once in a while, bartended, mm-hmm. as you do, plugging away, got to make some money. For sure. And uh, I filmed this short film called Junkie right before the end of 2019. And I just fell in love with filmmaking. Like, oh, I love yes. sitting on it, but, like, I just was sitting there and watching – the process of setting up shots and mm-hmm. actually creating a movie. It was, it was honestly like one of the most mm-hmm. incredible experiences. And I just felt, I fell in love. Like that's what I did. So since then I've been, you know, in the beginning of 2020 pre COVID obviously kept auditioning, doing the thing. But since COVID happened, I uh, really, all I've been doing is trying to write long form pieces from myself and also you know just in general and i've actually finished this pilot yes that i am excited to uh that i'm in the process of trying to sell all right while we get into your pilot you know definitely understand as the writer if you don't want to give too much of your story but um do you have a nice little elevator pitch of what it is like if sure, I'm trying to, if yeah. I'm an agent and you're trying to have me sign, uh, if I bring you in for a meeting and get signed as a writer, what, what, um, is the pitch for this, the elevator pitch of your short film? So basically, uh, it's actually, your pilot script, excuse uh, me, your yeah, pilot yeah, script. You're good. All right. I'm on the, am I on the clock? It has the elevator doors. <laughs> oh man. You're on the clock, baby. I oh know shit. You can do right. it. Okay. Um, Just take your time though. Of course. Of course. Of course. I'll lay it out. So the basic elevator pitch is that. New York City has an incredible – it has this aura of being the night – like one of the nightlife capitals of the world, right? Oh, yeah. All the glitz and glamour, and it's all come from New York City, whether it be, you know, Studio 54. Over all time, it has always been New York City is the cl- the entertainment. Oh, yeah. Club. Coco Cabana before that and then right. all that. You Correct. can name a million other places right now. So th- my story – or the story I'm trying to write is about the underbelly of New York City nightlife and what actually makes New York City nightlife, what actually fires the engine, which, to put it bluntly, is the sale of youth of these girls that we call club girls. And Mm -hmm. honestly, so basically, it's about the promoter lifestyle. And uh, and promoter housing. If you've never heard of that, I don't blame you. I had never heard of yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I never. What is promo? What is promo housing? So promoter housing. Promoter uh, housing. Again, don't feel you shouldn't feel at all <laughs> ignorant because I, you know, I've written this thing, but I had never heard of it prior to about a year ago. And uh, the only reason I had heard about it is because I ended up going out on a date. Uh, you know, a Tinder match. Right. With a girl. And uh, we got to talking and she told me that she spent her formative teenage years, ages 16 to 21, living around the world as a model in promoter housing. And I asked her, what is promoter housing? And she said, basically, my job, I got to live in, a, in, a, in an apartment with a bunch of other girls for free, but my job was every night I had to go to the club. <laughs> So basically, and that she said that to me, and my mind immediately opened up. 
Because, like, can you imagine? These girls are literally selling their youth for profit. And this is, they're not, these aren't college students. These aren't high school students. They're all dropouts or whatever situation. And It's a, it's a, it's a case-by-case basis for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is just the first person story she told me is right. that she got scouted as a model and, you know, she was young. She was the youngest of like six children. Her, her mom didn't really have time for her. So she decided to move to New York into this place. And, you know, 17 years old, going to the club every night, like being, you know, around all these shady people. And the thing is what drives these, these clubs, they pay certain people called promoters to bring these girls into the club. So the big promoters have these apartment complexes and these apartment complexes are girls upon girls living on top of each other. So you think about the glitz and the glamor of New York city nightlife and the awe that it inspires. And then you think of like what it's on the backs of, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like borderline prostitution. Like it really is like they're not, and not even just this, like in the sexual way, just, prostitution of their youth for sure and their energy um so i think it's a really topical and unknown portion of life and i think right. that uh, i don't know i think it has a i think it has a place in common culture absolutely and, this is a great way for an ensemble cast to rise this is awesome for female characters to sure. be empowered and this is a way to discover up and coming actors female actors as well if you put them together into this absolutely where what kind of do you see this as a drama do you see this as a comedy half hour I, 60 minutes so i see this as a drama i see this as a dramedy i see this as close to uh like a younger sex in the city with the you know um, updated in in the sense that you know a little darker than that definitely right, darker yeah i would say I mean, like, Ozark is a definite, like, drama. But yeah. there's, like, light. There's moments of light in there. Of course. You know? I think this is a... I, I don't want to say crime drama, but it, it's almost that. Like, it's about... Right. You know, it's about these people that operate outside the law, literally, and figuratively. And, I don't know, the seediness of it. It's just the sex, the hunger, the violence. I think it's all... Uh, it should be, uh, I think Netflix or Hulu or one of those streaming services could definitely shine a light on uh, all of this stuff. And you see, and, do you do you see this as a miniseries? Do you see this as like a few seasons? Sometimes they have, now they have these things like limit, they call limited, limited series, yeah. which I, is I see that, two or three seasons now. You think that could be it? I, yeah, I think definitely a couple seasons for it. Um I kind of have a map of where I want to go. I've wrote the pilot fully, but I kind of have a map of where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your pitch deck and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, this is the first kind con- See, you use the term pitch deck like I'm going to have to look that up because I'm kind of doing it by the seat of my pants. You know, I wrote this thing and I've definitely edited it. Like I've sent it to my managers and we've edited it a couple times. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's no rush to get it done yet. You know, that's just, it takes a long time to make it right. Cause you want to make it right. Cause if you hit it, you hit it. And yeah, you know, I know those terms cause I was a development intern at CNN for their original content. Of course you were. And, right. and um, so yeah, I even know both, unscripted it on and obviously this would be scripted so if you need any help with that i could definitely offer my we'll be, opinion we'll be, if so we'll interested in, we'll be in touch matt i also have a i also have stuff like i'm writing like like i'm doing the stupid little tiktoks obviously also if you follow me hey TikTok. they're not stupid they're well, awesome you know what I mean. 
You know yeah, what I mean? Like right. just the 10 second videos I'm doing, but like I'm doing more long form. I'm just like start, I'm starting to produce more long form comedic sketches as well. I'm filming one this week about Aaron Rodgers. Um, All right. So uh, you can look forward to that. That's oh, good. I am. I'll, get, I'll try to get that before the uh, Super Bowl. I'll try to get it all edited and out before the Super Bowl. And uh, but yeah, I'm looking at more long form and trying to up my game producing level because honestly, why not? That's where I'm at right now. Absolutely. The on the gas out of the pandemic kind of deal. Best part is practice, whether no matter quality or his size. You just getting yourself out there on set. Like you said, the filmmaking aspect is just a beautiful thing to learn. And it's so cool. And I think now it's even starting to go into more mainstream because of the rise of TikTok. The Mm -hmm. younger generation is generally interested in the filmmaking aspect of things. Absolutely. Like you can now suggest older movies and foreign flicks because they just all know how to tell a story and people have a genuine appreciation for it and the rise of streaming services as well. And it just yeah. makes, it's just so cool to me. And it's just so cool for me to watch, man. It, it's it cool. It's so much more accessible to everybody. Which yeah. Is great. It makes it very, uh, it makes anyone able to really tell a story, pick up a camera, tell a story, even, you know, short form, long form. It makes it accessible, which is great. That re- keeps the art like life. You know, yeah, you just have to make it, man. Yeah, I agree. Oh man, and don't be, don't let like, don't let time intimidate you. Take it as long as you push and make it better, and you're productive at least a closer every day. It it will it will go through. Good writing has always been noticed, no matter what. That's true. Man. You just got to put it in the bank. Put it in the bank. Absolutely, man. This is this. Is, I'm really enjoying this, this is Andy. I hope you are too. Oh man, I'm having a blast. Are you too? Sweet, sweet. So, before we switch off to um, you know, the artistic um, storytelling part of this, is there anything else you wanted to mention regarding creating artistic opportunities in your world right now and stuff like that? Do you uh, do you, do you mean, expect yourself right, especially once this pandemic, it's not going to be forever as some people on Twitter make it to be. But, um, yeah, I mean. And, and, you know, the vaccine, we're really trying to make a push to make sure more people get vaccinated. And why not yeah. by the fall or summer, we can have a more comfortable life. But having said all that, pandemic's going to end. What do you see yeah. yourself artistically doing besides this and continuing to create content and push? Do you have any other um, opportunities you're trying to develop? You know, um, I, again, I'm going to just call back to my 2021 full foot down on the gas pedal energy straight out of the pan. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull out of this pandemic going 110. Like I'm trying to fly out of this pandemic. And, um, before, you know, because we all took time to get to know ourselves during the pandemic, before the pandemic, I would get bogged down by having so many different outlets that I wanted to create. Like I wanted to make music. I wanted to make these videos. I wanted to write a screenplay. I wanted to do all these things in different fields and I would get overwhelmed about not having enough time. So I wouldn't end up start, like I would end up starting 15 minutes of one and then like judging it too harshly and throwing it away. Right. But now I'm just kind of taking what comes to me and trying to taking the inspiration when it comes to me and trying to turn it around. And I, I like the way it feels. I got to say, you know, not trying That's to awesome. predetermine what I'm doing. That's all, man. That's all you have to do. As long as you love it, other people will. And if it's good, then that's even better. So then we're really, then we're really chilling. That's why I like to hear. That's why I'm a big fan of you, Andy. 
just knowing to keep grinding no matter what. No so, matter what. Talked, talking about our filmmaking, we talked about our artistic opportunities. Just one quick, just one quick thing before we go to the sports, I'm really interested to talk to you about. So one of the things you mentioned to me that you were interested or, you know, as we were figuring out what, what we were going to talk about, you specifically referred to real estate, Robin Hood, uh, real estate and Robin Hood. Obviously two different things, but all generating cash. Obviously real estate helping of course, people in their homes, whether commercially or, I mean, commercially yeah. for business or for homes. And Robinhood is a new stock that that has been rising up lately. Why don't we first get into Robinhood? That's relatively new. What sure, sure. What is it for those? You know, it has been getting a lot of clout lately. I think it's hard to go through social media right now to see and not see a Robinhood ad. But why don't you talk to me about Robinhood and what are you specifically um, doing with it? Sure. So Robinhood is an investment app where you, anyone with a smartphone and this app, Robinhood, has direct access to the stock market, into buying and selling on the stock market. See, we talked about the accessibility of filmmaking. Honestly, the accessibility of everything is based on your phone. Like you have everything you could ever want on your phone almost. And the fact that Robinhood gives you the choice to trade stocks allows someone like me who, you know, I, I consider myself aware, but who the hell knows about money? Only the money people know about money. You know, right. Robinhood allows you to, it connects it to the common man, the common man. <laughs> And, you know, I've uh, obviously I've done some research on YouTube in order to in order to find out what I should buy and what I should stay away from. But if you're diligent about your about your work and you follow the right people, even if it costs a little money to follow them, then uh, they can you can really have your money make money for you. And uh, I really think investments is 2021 for me is all about investments, investments in my own, my own creative, my own physical, my own financial life, uh, just all about investments. And, uh, Robin hood has, I'm, you know, I'm making money at the sandwich shop now and I'm putting a lot of it straight back into Robin hood. Cause I get to eat lunch at the sandwich shop. Which is <laughs> yeah. I get to eat for free. So I don't have to worry about that. And uh, I just put that straight into the investment and I invest it. And so far it's doing pretty good. And the real estate I'm looking at the same way is an investment. So I have uh, grown up on the Upper West Side and I've been in this apartment that I'm sitting in right now my entire life. Mm-hmm. In, uh, aside from when I was in college. Yep. So we, my parents have rented this apartment. Mm-hmm. for since 1992 it's a long time it's yeah, you know push it 30 years not don't want to make him feel 30 old, years of renting of renting and i was looking to move out because you know i'm making consistent money now and it's 2021 and i'm trying to hit that come up and i would love to live in my own fucking room um right. yeah I, i've been sleeping in a bunk bed this whole pandemic go figure uh yeah my whole life in a bunk bed you know it's okay. I'm six foot three. All right. I get cramps all the time in that fucking bunk bed. I need my own room anyway. 
So I was looking around. Oh. Yeah, no, I got really serious there for a second. <laughs> oh, you're a grinder, man. That is going to be when you're making it big. You talk about sleeping in a bunk bed, and that's just part of your story, bro. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sleeping in a bunk bed. Actually, not really sleeping in a bunk bed. Laying up at night writing in a bunk bed. That's more hey. that's more of the story. Um, that's being productive. Yeah, man. Trying to productive conversation. <laughs> you were but, saying? I was saying that my dad said if I could do it all again, I wouldn't rent at all. I would just buy something in New York. Um, mm. Real estate, real estate has never been lower right now, and you can get something really good. And in five to ten years, you could turn around for twice the amount of money. And I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea at all. And we were talking about it, and my parents, you know, they want to, they think that too. You know, they don't want to play rent anymore. So we were talking about perhaps buying as a family, my parents, my brother and I investing in a brownstone in New York city and uh, making that as an investment and flipping opportunity in, uh, in real estate. Cause you know, that real estate is the one thing that no more of it's being made, especially right. in New York city. You know, you can make everything else. You can't make more land. You can't make nope. more. As much so, uh, as they want us to think they can. That's what I'm saying. They could just keep building up, but like, you know. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, we're looking into buying a house. It'll be a nice little Danny Tanner full house moment. Beautiful. Do you have a goal where you want to find this brownstone? Do you want to? Well, it, obviously, there's a budget that we're looking at. My parents right. are both. They're two actors. I'm an actor. We're not financial bankers yet. Yet. Robin Hood, um, Robin Hood, um, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, we were honestly, there were some beautiful neighborhoods in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. like some really cool neighborhoods in the Bronx actually. Yeah. And that we were looking for, looking at, and, uh, there's just a lot more space out there. Like you could find something that's four or five stories that you can make into your own. Whereas in Manhattan, it's a lot harder to find that space. Right. So yeah, we're, we're in the process of looking. So until then, I will be in the bunkhead. And uh, although I, if it goes on too long, I'm gonna have to rent a one one bedroom. I'm getting a little old. To <laughs> I know it, how you feel, man. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. I love them so much. They're like two of my best friends, and my brother's home from Syracuse right now too. So it's a full house, and they're great people. But oh man, do I need my personal space? I went from my own room in college back to like a shared bunk bed. <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, that's quite a transition. But I know, and I'm proud to hear you making the most of it too. And like you know, nothing lasts forever. That includes the uh, not saying this is an obstacle, but you know, just new opportunities and trying to make the most of. You know, I was ready to move out. You know, was working PA for a few years. I was interviewing for jobs to give me enough salary to move out. And obviously, the pandemic hits. But I'm just trying to make lemons of lemonade of what's left of this room and make it as. I mean, this little studio I was able to develop new, so uh, I can't wait to celebrate, man. If And if you need a roommate, be around, as, as long as you don't mind recording, uh, podcast recordings. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always for artistic creation. I guess, we'll, <laughs> uh, I guess we'll get to talking, brother. Looking forward to that. And just the last thing with Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, were there any specific you know, startups, uh, are there any specific, um, established companies that you've been investing in or products? Is, is that, uh, what are the elements to work that or? Yeah, sure. For, so 
There were a couple. So, uh, so when I, I started about exactly almost three months ago, exactly October twenty third, twenty twenty, and. Hey. Uh, that's when yeah. the podcast is launched. October twentieth was the first day. Oh wow! How about that's, that? That's a progress. Listen, those are productive dates. Tell me about it, man. Um, but yeah, I, I started investing then, and I invested some money into Tesla. All right. And, and that double that doubled in price. I had two shares of Tesla, and now it's doubled. So I've made all my I made all my money back. And now, you know, made back my investment plus more. I, um, but really what I've been looking for is from stock tips from my mother's friend. She's, she's a, she like spends all day, like researching very diligently. I'm, I'm the best at this. I'm, she's a female Gordon Gecko. Yes, exactly. And she's found a couple companies that were about to merge and I hopped on, there was this one company called Flying Eagle that I bought, and then it got bought by a bigger company called Skills, and that was a nice little come up in money. Hey, um, look at that! But if, yeah, and then there was another, there's another uh, company that I got in at. They were selling their shares at a fraction of the rate because they needed to raise fund. It's called Nano Dimension, okay. and it is still going to go up. If anybody's looking for Nano Dimension, it's at it. So if you look at it. Five years ago, it was $80 a share. And then since then, it absolutely completely bombed and went all the way down to like $6 a share. That's bad. Then, yeah. And then they started selling. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. <laughs> but now they're starting to, because they had to sell their, sh- to raise money, they had to like cut their shares in half and split their shares. But I bought them at eight fifteen, and now they're at like 18 or 20. So they're Start making- from the bottom. Yeah, man, we're, we're, we're trying to do what we're doing. Um, but if people are looking for, I would say there's this company called Longview that's about to merge with this other company called Butterfly. Sometimes Butterfly. Yeah, Butterfly is making a, it is making a at-home self MRI machine that is going to make MRIs more accessible to everyone. Wow. So, yeah. That's a game changer. Right? Right? So, like, you'll like, be able to have MR, self-induced MRI machines, especially in, like, schools or, like, places of work, pretty much everywhere um, in, you know, like, five, ten years. So, you know, if you're looking for a little uh, long view on Robinhood would be my tip. Also, the pot companies, Tillery, Aurora yeah. Campus, and uh, – I'm forget wow Tillery Aurora Campus uh, Aurora Cannabis and I'm forgetting I'm forgetting the other one but there's three major pot companies and you know with this very blue president vice president senate and yep. house yeah we might get <laughs> maybe we might get some shit done there's a lot to get done Matt but we might get some shit done you know I'm support that I've made it clear and, and I've said that a lot of times both socially why weed should be legalized and economically and you know the very oh, I, don't, talk I, don't, all day. I don't even mean just the weed I mean like there's so much to get done I, I, I we don't have to talk about oh that. yeah 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 absolutely I know I see where you come from but yeah, yeah like I know I'm but just my one question with weed, you know. Sure. 
I know that uh, obviously New Jersey legalized it. There could be mm-hmm. dispensaries as soon as this spring. You just go across the river, go across Rain. Hudson, and then the new world changed. And I know um, Governor Andrew Cuomo has been talking about his interests in at least the state of New York mm-hmm. coming with that. I don't know. My state of Connecticut, Governor Lamont's weirdo, but uh, that's just talk for another day. But, you know, one of the things that the pandemics caused, obviously, a lot of lost funds and a lot of um, liquid assets have been taken away. But with if you can now legalize weed, tax it and get all those and you get all those, um, you know, get all that profit back and all that capital. It only makes the world better. You can help. Um, obviously the medical issues that could be saved from just using cannabis instead, maybe it helps, maybe it helps decrease our opioid crisis, which we can't forget about addiction and more people. You say, if you could regulate, it's, it's so, you're so correct. If you regulate it as a government, first of all, you can get people the help they need. Like people, you, you know, weed is, oh, I I get really animated about this because I believe it so fervently that weed yeah. is so much healthier and such a better alternative than alcohol. And yet alcohol is available to anyone and like socially acceptable for 17 year olds to drink. You know, I mean, I know it's not legal, but it's socially accepted. was an essential we- business. Yeah, man. That's what I'm they saying. Did. It was essential business. And like weed is, I don't know. You can use it as so many things. It's so beneficial to almost everything in your system except your, you know, memory and I guess cognitive function, but not really. It's pretty great for everything. For sure. I mean, of course, just like any other thing in this world that we can't, you could use of the too much for everyone, but you have yeah. to be careful. You definitely, you know, we're, don't, we're not endorsing getting high all the time because there you could, as just in any of the issues, but you know, if you use so, it, it, what? Stay sober, kids. Absolutely. But you know, if you, I might, I might contradict your point, but I'm just saying the truth. But if you use it cognitively, if you use it smart, if you, you are intelligent with your approach with it, and you don't abuse it like anything else you could abuse in this world, there's no reason why. There's no reason why it should not be legalized. I think it's 15 states at this moment out of the 50 that have legalized. We added five of them over this past election. And now people need that money and revenue. Hopefully that that is a huge motivator. And then just make so much better. Invest in weed on Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. It's it's rising up. Yep, weed's rising up. Tell me about it. All right. So, Andy, just my last question before we get into our sports. You work at a New York City deli. Is that fair to say? Uh, well, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a delicatessen of sorts. It's a fine food. Uh, we have sandwiches, soups, uh, wonderful pastries, and muffins every morning, fresh every day. Ah. Uh. Oh yeah, no, it's it's serious. And listen, um, alert, best coffee in New York City. I said it. I said Where, it. What is the place? What is this place you're saying? Uh, Giacomo. Giacomo. Giacomo Fine Foods. Uh, it is on 72nd between Broadway and West End. Although it is the second door in off of West End, so right. it is. It's a wonderful area, and. It is in the wing of a residential building on the north side of 72nd Street. 
All right. My boss, Joe, has been there since 1994 in that same spot. They celebrated their 25th anniversary a couple of years ago. And uh, I am the first hire since 1994. Now that's saying something. How about that? Yeah, it's, uh, they started with, there's three workers there. It's Joe, my boss, uh, Omar, and Sylvia, and I. And uh, it's pretty incredible, I'm not going to lie. I pretty much just get to drink iced tea and coffee all day. And I talk a lot, which I love to do, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, lo- I talk to people all day and, um, you know, get them sandwiches and whatever they would need. And I really got a firsthand look at how a small business owner makes it in a pandemic world. It's actually very, very inspiring and incredible. What do you think? uh, I said, what do you think your boss, what has your boss done to survive in a pandemic world, especially in New York city? When a lot of we've seen business and we see some of the big hitters are so, or sadly no more, but what has, what has been the strategy that your boss in particular has been doing to stay afloat, which is awesome to hear, which it really Yeah, no, support local business first and foremost. That's obviously we know we know how what we're talking about. But no, Joe, my boss, I started working there a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. So I wasn't there for the thick of the pandemic. The beginning of the pandemic, he made the decision, the business decision, to stay open. Yeah. So he was one of the only places in the whole neighborhood that was open during the the you know, the ghost town days of New York City during the pandemic. So he actually benefited and the store gained a lot of regular customers because it was the literal only thing open. And then when we came back to some semblance, you know, we're not back, but now we're back to some semblance of normalcy a little bit. Um, Those regulars carried over and uh, luckily continued to come. And he, you know, he hit me up and he said, I know you're probably not working because you're an actor, out-of-work actor stereotype. Yep, right on. It is definite. There's a reason it's a stereotype. It's real. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I know you're probably not working. I could really use some help at the store. I went it, I went and talked to him for 10 minutes. This is my old baseball coach, by the way, my travel baseball coach. <laughs> that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's a big fan. He came out to see me in Million Dollar Quartet. He's very... He's a great dude. He's a great dude. Spent a lot of time growing up, you know, as my baseball coach. But he, I went in, talked to him for 20 minutes on a Friday. And then on Monday, I was working at the sandwich shop, learning the ins and outs of Giacomo. And uh, it is called Giacomo. Giacomo. You know, it's an Italian story. He's Spanish. He's actually, he's Dominican. Uh, yeah, Jose Aguilera, shout out. But he wanted it to sound Italian, so he named it Giacomo, and he named it after a portrait. There's this portrait of a dog in a tuxedo <laughs> that, that is literally sitting in Giacomo, and that's who Giacomo is. It's the dog in the tuxedo. So that's who it's named after. What's your favorite thing to get at Giacomo? Yo, honestly, like, the beef chili is to die for. Don't tell... Joe, Joe won't see this, but I took a pint of beef chili home yesterday. <laughs> and I'm so excited to eat it. Like it is so good. Uh, but like, really, I'm not, bi- I'm really not biased and I wouldn't hype it up, but the sandwiches are so good. The soups are actually, the white bean and spinach soup is 
primo. The muffins and the pastries are just to die for. The cooking's good. If anyone's in the area, you should definitely stop by because, first of all, you get to hear me talk at you for seven mm-hmm. minutes or however long you're in the store. And second of all, you're going to get a bomb-ass meal or meals because we have prepared food. We have lasagna, pastas, literally whatever you want. Come on, bro. You know what it is. It's New York City. We do not have bacon, though. That's the one thing we don't have. No bacon? Well, no we can... bacon. We have prosciutto, though. We don't. don't okay. Don't. Yeah, of course. We you know what, man? I promise you I'll be coming. At some point within this calendar year, I will be there. Because, you know, I just live to die for, you know, my MB reviews all started as a, you know, commuting in Manhattan. And then obviously I'll be back. One, I'll be back ASAP. But, no you know, that was just a set. Just MB reviews were just to highlight all the local businesses in New York City sure. where I worked. And then it's just evolved. Done some in L.A., done some in the South, obviously some in Connecticut. Right. I would love to just have that as, be another one. I know exactly where that is. The location is. I used to work by Columbus Circle, so I know that I know know my way to get up there. So yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm there. I'm gonna be there, and I'm going to plug as much as I can. Giacomo, go to Giacomo. It's at 72nd in the West End. So yeah, and and if you tip a dollar or more, I will sing you a song, whatever song you want. See. Excellent. I will have you sing Lean Back by the Terror Squad. All right. I guess I'll have to learn it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Andy, yes, love sports. Where do I start with you with that? Why don't we talk about the National Football League's playoffs? Okay, so, we, can, we, can start with, we can start with football. I mean, me and my brother, were, we watched that game. Obviously, we could start with the, the NFC because that's yes. the most important to start with. We watched that game, and, like, me and my brother are sitting there, and my brother asked me, is this offense fireable? Matt LaFleur not kicking – like, Matt LaFleur opting for the field goal. Like, is that fireable? Like, I know he's made the NFC title the last two years, but, like, how do you not trust the best player on the field to get you to the promised land? Like, what are you doing? So his explanation was, you know, as we see, NFC Championship last night, time is recording, Bucks versus – that was the Bucks and the Packers, and the Bucks won 31-26. And, yes, so the big play, literally just two minutes left in the game, down by eight, um, on the goal line. You know, they, were at first, they had the goal line, first and goal. Um, I can't remember the first play exact. Second play – Throws to Devontae Adams, drops in the end zone. And then third and goal, we – or sorry. Uh, I can't – I can't. it was actually – it was third and goal. Again, we see Rodgers out of the pocket, and he looks like he has enough room to run the end zone. But, ahead of him, free. Just yes. Free, free but, that's, but then he just threw to – he just threw Devontae Adams and dropped it, which is a play that happens in Madden all the time, where you think you're going to run that's in and then he try to make the throw. That's but, true. Couldn't work. So, yeah, Matt LaFleur's explanation is that, well, this was right before the second half, the two-minute warning, and if anyone knows in football, two-minute warning means the clock stops. We have three timeouts. So he thought that he trusted in his defense enough that they would make the stop, even though Tom Brady all day was taking advantage of it. And then, again, why Aaron Rodgers said that he did not run in the end zone is he said, I thought we were going to have a fourth down. That's what he said. Of course. And that turned out to be a 
a fatal mistake. And they almost stopped it. They had the two minute warning. Then it was got to. Then they first got the first down. Mm-hmm. Did the penalty so they can now instead of getting that it's four time stoppage this is now three get to the third got to third and two then Tom Brady and uh, though he missed the pass it was an obvious pass interference Kevin yeah, it King was, was, it was uh, an obvious pass interference Kevin King the, the quarter he was the best player on the Bucks last night Tom Brady. No, Kevin King. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you seen? Wait, I did, oh, a, I did the, a. The cringy. The cringy. I, I yeah. did a TikTok about it because it was fucking. I don't know if anybody has ever seen Little Giants. It is such a funny movie. It's like Rick Moranis. And yeah, then, of course. The great Rick yeah. Moranis. Yeah, the great Rick Moranis, of course. And there's this kid <laughs> who goes. So there's this receiver who misses like three catches and he has stick him like stuck to his chest and he misses a catch and then like the evil villain kid he goes hey hot hands you're the <laughs> best player on our team his name is spike and it, it's just kevin king was the hot hands of the bucks packers game i'm telling you man it's crazy like he, oh, he a big play to scotty miller mm-hmm. then he got pass he gave up the first touchdown to mike evans too Yes, he, he did. Appearance, bro. He got torched. <laughs> it's it's going to be a hard time for him to redeem himself. Bro, like, the eye in the sky does not lie. They're going to go into practice next year, bro, and Matt LaFleur is going to light his ass on fire. Oh, man. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is coming back next year? <sighs> I heard that he may retire, but I don't believe it, man. I mean, really? quarterbacks retire. Yeah, bro. Did you not hear that? Oh, that was what I thought you meant. I, no, I did it. Well, I mean, of course, I've heard various rumors. I never heard retire. It could be true. But um, listen, you know, he looked really – he looked mad, man. When he hooked Tom Brady, he was about to cry. I, yeah, think he, I think he was just so fed up. That's his fifth – now fifth – fifth straight – I mean, not consecutively, but fifth straight NFC cha- championship game wow. that he lost. First yeah. one at home. Yeah. And he played a great game. He played – he was amazing. At the and here's the thing and here's the thing at the end of the day, at the end of the day the Packers will not support Aaron Rodgers. They draft a fucking quarterback. Listen, I get the idea of drafting a quarterback in the future. They did it with Rodgers. It worked for Favre, right? But they were an NFC Championship team. They drafted Jordan Love in the first round, yep. and they drafted AJ Dillon in the second round. Now, both are – A.J. Dillon's a solid player, very nice runner, great runner. But, like, why don't you try to help out your franchise? Yeah, they needed to get a wide receiver. That's what I'm after, saying. Like, especially with the class they had. That's what I'm saying. You could have picked – literally in the second round, you could have had a stud wide receiver. Could have got that, Claiborne from uh, – now who did well in Pittsburgh for one. Claypool, yeah. Claypool, bro. Claypool, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no. And if they used their first round on a receiver, I don't know what their – their first round pick was probably, like – uh, they did pretty well. So it was probably like 25, 26. Yeah. I was like I mean, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson may have went a little earlier. To like He had a hell of a season for the Vikings. He was nice. Justin Jefferson's a real one. Oh, yeah. He really is good. I mean, C.D. Lamb is nice. He was great until Dak Prescott got hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that wide receiver class is unfucking real Jerry Judy. If Drew Locke was any kind of a quarterback, Jerry Judy would have a <laughs> year, bro. It's just like, you know, I personally don't think 
Rodgers is going to retire, I think he'd be dumb. He's 37. He's playing at MVP level. If he wants to move on, you know, he's under contract for, I think it's two more seasons. His 2024, he's still under contract. But if it's just so, like, if you're the Packers, you lost because of bad coaching last night and and bad play calling. So do you. I don't know if you want to give everything up and start rebuilding with when you're so close, but at the same time, what, what you couldn't ask for a better situation in the NFC. You were the very best team in the NFC and you lost to All a year. team that isn't better than you, but you know what they won. I mean, they looked, I mean, they looked amazing yesterday, you know, they, but yeah, I know. No, seriously. I think I, the Packers did everything right this year, except they didn't win. Like, yeah, they, they just they they choked. Kevin King had an awful game. Matt Lafleur had an awful game, and like that's what. And, and Tom Brady did what he did. He game managed the game, and he got his team the playoff win. Yeah, like, that's that's all that, that matters is winning. That's how you ultimately get that. that's what matters, and that's why Brady is the goat because he gets it done. Like that's just the bottom line. He gets it done. What do you think of the what do you think of the Super Bowl? I mean, wait, sorry. What do you think of the AFC? We'll call it the Super Bowl, but the AFC Championship. It was just I thought it'd be a more competitive game, and then the Chiefs just ran away with it. It just shows why they're one of the best offensive teams we'll ever see in the history of football. I mean, yeah, no, it, every game with them is a track meet. It's unbelievable. Hey, Matt, I gotta grab my uh, charger. I'm on four percent. Yeah, you just wait right there. We'll keep this rolling yeah. real quick. Yeah, give me a second. Right, so yes, AFC Championship, as you said, off that was just a track meet. When you have, when you have people like uh, you know Tyree Kill as a wide receiver, I mean he's good enough to be in the Olympics with his speed. I don't know how a body has so many jukes in him. You know, uh, obviously Clyde, you know he had an okay game, but he's still a solid player in the backfield. There was has so many weapons like it, how Travis Kelsey Kelsey's on Kelsey's unreal man he just finds so, he's incredible at, I mean you can't guard him one-on-one so then if you try to play zone he's him and Mahomes are just on their one mind he just dips in between every zone every zone run the defense runs and he's wide open man I, it's just wild. He was leading the league in receiving yards and then sat out the last game. That's the only reason he wasn't first in the league this year in receiving yards. It's crazy. Yeah, and Ado, as a wide receiver, too. And That's he's just so saying. powerful. He could actually block, too, if you need that. I mean, the, the line for the the offensive line for the Chiefs is why Patrick Mahomes also is just has so much time to make any moves, can scramble so accurate, it's can true. Really throw the ball with his eyes closed. It's true. A small storyline that was missed um, in the AFC in the NFC game: Bakhtiari being out, huge. Yeah. Uh, the that uh, Tampa Bay defensive line really ate up. I forget his name who replaced Bakhtiari, but they really ate him up. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, when JT and going. Sue and, yeah. and they just embarrassed him. Shaq yeah. Barrett, I mean, they got five sacks on Aaron Rodgers alone. Five. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if you look back, it's two or three of them are through that left tackle spot, which is usually David Bakhtiari, yep. who is literally a brick wall. Uh-huh. So, he knows how to tough. drink some beer, too, if you've seen those clips. Well, that that video, uh, that video <laughs> game, when then it pans to Aaron Rodgers and he, like, chokes on the beer and he's like, oh, I actually drink whiskey primarily, and that's why I wasn't used to drinking. <laughs> so funny. No. No, Aaron Rodgers, like, on a, on a different note, I know we were getting on to the AFC game. But yeah. I thought he doesn't speak to his family is psychopathic energy. That is a, it's, it's a sad story. If you heard about that from the, his brother, I think his brother's also named Jordan. Um, oh, I didn't know that. People named Jordans. Well, you know the story. His brother, Jordan, is the bachelor. He won. He won the bachelor. I, I, I had no idea. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. His brother won the bachelor. Um, oh, wow. Jordan. And that's where he admitted he told the family that we don't speak to Aaron, but this was a long time ago. I hope it changed now, but I think it was over a girlfriend or something. I think it was Olivia Munn who uh, they said that oh. that was. Interesting. So yeah. maybe they talk now. Hopefully they talk now just yeah. for the sake of his humanity. It's been for it's a, it's been a long time for since that. I think it was over the relationship, but I hope okay. it's different. I really do. But I love Aaron Rodgers, man. I really do. Nice. I think I mean, he's one of the best natural quarterbacks of all time. I mean, you know, you you fucking put Dan Marino, you put obviously you put I mean, talent wise like yeah, at the skilled at the position itself. At the position itself, not just yeah, Marino, Rodgers. I I and, like, it's a tough list after that. Like, I guess you could throw, like, Brady and Manning in there. Yep. But, like, you know, I don't know. Like, Favre, Favre was a nut, like, a freak like that. I mean, yeah, and they have the future. Who knows what uh, – I mean, Mahomes is playing on that level. And uh, Oh, my God. Well, Mahomes is – he's different than all of them. Seriously. But, yeah, I, I like Rodgers. You know, I don't know if you watched the her, you know the Pat McAfee show? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, it's great. Every Tuesday, he has Aaron Rodgers every Tuesday. Obviously, oh. tomorrow's episode is good. We're going to see if he comes on, but it just he's just such a cool, chill, very smart guy. You know, he wants Celebrity Jeopardy. I love that for him. I love that. <laughs> and, you know, but one thing Aaron Rodgers said, like, I don't throw in the offseason. I think he just has so many interests, but, you know, he has his Super Bowl ring. He is going to the Hall of Fame. Of course. I do think that second Super Bowl is worth trying to prove. He's at thir- playing at this level at 37. I mean, think, you know, this another three years, like, he's yeah, not like doing anything. Like, it's not like he's running for first downs. Like he's somewhat mobile, but it's not <laughs> like he's way more mobile than big Ben though. Oh my God. Oh man. Big Ben. But yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers should, should stay. Yeah. You know, if, if, I mean, stay, uh, he should be keep playing. If he doesn't want to move from new England, no, obviously I'm in New England. If he wants to move on from Green Bay, there will definitely be plenty of teams out there. The quarterback, the quarterback situation across the whole league, half the teams don't know if their quarterback's coming back, which is insane. Yeah, uh, bro, that's why the Jets, yo, the Jets should trade the second pick for either Deshaun Watson. If the, I mean, obviously it would take more than that, but probably take three first round picks for him. See Deshaun Watson on Miami or Chicago. I think both of those teams would be fire with Deshaun Watson. I think the Finns should go get him. The Finns are ready to um, 
win uh, now. I don't think are. that – I mean, they keep – you thought Tua was solid, but, I mean, once, you know, Brian Forrest keeps taking him out in the middle of games. It makes uh, no sense. It makes no sense. I guess he just doesn't trust him enough. So, I guess not. you get a quarterback, you do trust. You You can't win in this league without a quarterback. It's literally impossible. Bro, I think Stafford should go to the Colts. Yeah, that or the 49ers I would like. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like the 49ers for him too. Stafford, Stafford, man, he, he throws her 5,000 yards every year. Dude, yeah. Like, dude's a stud, but, like, his teams have been so bad that, like <laughs> – You know, people like to make fun of the Jets, but the Lions are a truly cursed franchise. They never even played in a conference championship. At least the yeah, Jets have a Super Bowl. That's true. The Jets didn't – Broadway Joe, baby. Broadway Joe. And, you know, Andy, you're a Giants fan, and uh, right? Uh, well, okay, so here's the thing. I root for the New York teams because I I didn't grow up playing football, so I didn't really, like, follow football as closely until I got older. Yeah. And then I started playing fantasy football, and I really started to love football. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to root for all the New York teams, and I know that's cool. a cop, but – I wanted the Bills to win, man. I feel so bad for the Bills. I thought I I really thought it'd be a competitive game. The defense was really good in the next few games, but they just could not keep up with Mahomes in that offense. It's a perfect it's a perfect offense. Yeah, you have your line, you have your perfect quarterback. The line is incredible. I mean, I know they lost Eric Fisher now. That's a difference maker, but we'll we'll see what happens. But, still, they put up forty points in in a blink of an eye. No problem. Oh yeah, just by. My last football question before we switch is, um, what do you think of the Super Bowl? Who do you, who do you think who thinks going to win in a, a legend in a po- versus the possible legend in the making? Bucks, Bucks, Chiefs. It's yeah. uh, it's an incredible right. matchup. It's honestly like the if you have no stake in the teams whatsoever, like if you're not like a fan of any of the teams that got eliminated, it's like the Super Bowl you want to see. Oh right? yeah, people are going to talk about the Super Bowl for the matchup alone forever. Yeah, Romo, Romo literally said that this is Jordan LeBron in a Super Bowl right now. And, like, pretty much, that is the equivalent, honestly. Um, you know, I – betting against Tom Brady has always been a mistake in the past. Right. Like, it really has always been a mistake in the past, and yet I want to take Patrick Mahomes. Like, I want to take the Chiefs. I think they're a better football team. But betting against Tom Brady has always been a mistake. So, I don't know, man. I – I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna say Tom Brady wins his seventh, because like, I just cannot see. Like, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. Mahomes and that Chiefs offense is incredible. That's that's the difference, Baker. Just that offense just always scores. Can you know? I mean, they could the could this defense? They stopped one of the best offenses. I mean, well. I shouldn't say that because they did put points against them. But like you said, the only time Brady's lost, you know, two Giants, one of the best days of my life, and that really fluky Eagles lost. Yeah. It's just – I mean, he just – Chiefs are just so good, bro. It's, they're just so good. It's, it really is an issue. The, I'm just – Mahomes could win six titles in the next eight years, like, actually. <laughs> it's like not like if he doesn't get hurt like he really can take his whatever team he's on as long as there's some semblance of a line yeah and like and at like a top 15 or 20 defense he can take that team to the super bowl like absolutely bro absolutely man wow. but I, I just i have to really think but at this time a week uh, two weeks before the big game 
I think the Chiefs can win this because their just offenses just can't be stopped. No, I mean, and the defense is kind of weaker. Weaker, you know, save some playmakers on, but I mean, I that's just think they could outscore them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're definitely going to be the favorites. Like they will, yeah. For sure. At this moment, they're the on the money line, the three point three and a half point favorites. So three and a half point favorites. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll see. We will see. Andy, let's talk about our Yankees. No, I, I I'm always ready to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm oh, sorry. You were saying? I was just gonna no. I was just gonna review the tie-in news today, or you know that we got yesterday. Yes, tell me about the off season with the Yankees. Tell me about what you've been thinking about these moves lately. So I mean, it was an absolute essential, essential to re-sign DJ LeMahieu. Mm-hmm. Like that was step one of the off season. And you know what? I'm gonna. I will be the first to admit. I'm a listen. I'm a diehard Yankee fan, as you know, Matt. Matt, I know you're a diehard Yankee fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very upset with Brian Cashman at the beginning of the summer because I didn't think he was doing enough to get DJ LeMahieu back and secured. But I will eat my words and eat my hat because Brian Cashman did a hell of a job in getting DJ LeMahieu what we could both agree on. DJ LeMahieu wanted five years for $125 million. DJ LeMahieu got six years for $91 million. Brian Cashman looks like a goddamn genius. Yeah. I mean, the guy can't miss. The guy trades for fucking Luke Voigt, who becomes the home run leader. The guy mm-hmm. trades cash considerations for Gio Urshela, who's a 280 mm-hmm. platinum glove like p- potential. I mean, Brian Cashman is really next to none. Like, uh, there's no other GM. Greatest in- GM in all sports of all time. I, like, really agree. Like, uh, who's the Warriors GM that set up that dynasty? He was very good. Yeah. Um, was it uh, – wait, I have this. It's – um. I know. Once you say the name, it's the – Yeah, it's – it wasn't – it's the next player, I think. It's not Jerry West. It's – I forget, but that that Bob Myers, Bob Myers, Myers, Bob Myers, Bob Myers created that Warriors team, and arguably that's the greatest team we'll ever see on a basketball court. Oh yeah, oh. but one of the things you have to give credit to Cashman, he's been at it for twenty years. I mean, ninety eight, so twenty, yeah, twenty three years. No GMs last that long. Seriously, oh, and in New York, are you kidding me? Right in the biggest in the uh, like, I mean, New York City and the New York Yankees is the biggest sports media enterprise in the world. Like, mm-hmm. it really maybe Real Madrid you can make an argument for, but like the Yankees, yeah. at least in a, this in this country, everyone knows about the Yankees. Everyone knows about mm-hmm. the Yankees, but like even all over the world, like the Yankee hat is synonymous with like. Success, like corporate, Absolutely, like man, I have it here all the time, at all times, bro. This is what we do. So that's step one. Step one was resigning DJ, DJ, and like Brian Cashman, A plus, like A plus plus, really got more years, less money. It's yeah, man. Yo, do you? I low key was like, you know what, DJ deserves more money, but I'll take it. I'll take it for that. Uh, yo, low key. I honestly just think he loved – have you ever seen an interview with DJ LeMahieu? He's the most like – He's so mundane, man. It's hard to get some emotion out of him. Apparently, he's awesome, like, without the cameras, but, you know, he's just – he's just yeah. so <laughs> chill. He just chews on tobacco. He's a yeah. good LSU boy, and he plays baseball, bro. He's literally like such a such a stud, man. I that was great. He's only turned to top five favorite Yankee of all time for me. I mean, he all he does, he just does all the little things so well. 
Like he just makes he he runs counts deep. He fouls off two strike pitches. He it's clutch when we need him. And he's clutch as hell. His runners in scoring position average is actually absurd. Like it's ridiculous. And like he just shuts up. I I, I don't mean shut up and play, but he just he does his you, business. Emotion out of him. Like he's just like cool as the other side of the pillow, and like just making amazing plays. Day in and day out. He's really That's fun. our guy, man. That is our guy. That's our MVP candidate, honestly. Last Dude. Year, our MVP. Third day. And, like, man, I, you know, I miss Yankee Stadium so much. So, so much. And, um, but when I went, I went a lot in 2019. I mean, I mean, I've gone every single year since, 20, since 2003 and the streak ended this year, which is yeah. heartbreaking. As I'm sure you're the same for you, obviously. Yeah. And, right? So at both stadiums too. So that special connection we have with certain Yankee fans. Of course, bro. It's multiple stadiums. And um, but DJ, when in 2019, I went to five games. Actually, I actually have a big log of every single game I've been to. I've oh, seen man. the Yankees play every single American League team ex- at least once, except the Kansas City Royals and the Texas Rangers, who I'm putting mark down and making sure I go so I can complete the entire American League. Definitely should hope. Hopefully, those teams are good at any time ever. <laughs> right you gotta we have to definitely one of the things yankee bucket list we have to go to a game i mean multiple games honestly but definitely bro i um, mean yeah man bleacher creatures easy Every- best environment best environment so anyways so that game last year five games i've seen dj hit a home run in all of them and i've so far been in the last yankee game with people and i was at game five of the alcs 2019 That's crazy. such a great game you ever been to a playoff game before yeah, I did. I went to 2019. I went to the second game of, I get, I guess it was the DS. I went to game two. They actually lost to Cleveland, but then they won the next three games in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to that second game, or they won the next two, and then they came home and won the the fifth. I'm telling you, man, nothing beats October in the Bronx playoff yes, baseball the vibes it's electric it's electric right so basically with that game i saw dj hit a home run in every single game i went to i mean yeah because he's a stud that's what he does bro he's and nice. then you know the big home run I saw him hit a walk off against oakland Ooh. and fun fact the very first team i ever saw yankee play at the old stadium was yankees a's in 03 and it was the Moneyball team Oh, yeah, of course. Even before I, I watched Moneyball, I was like, I think I've seen this before. I didn't know at the time, like, oh, this is a, a famous team. But um, it was cool. And you know who's the – I saw Roger Clemens pitch my first game ever. Oh, that's crazy. And you know who hit a home run? Was Scott Hatterberg. And if you remember Moneyball, he hit the big walk off. Scotty, Scotty Hatterberg playing first base. Yes, by, played by Chris Pratt in the movie. Yeah, definitely, bro. <laughs> Early Chris Pratt. That's like pre-famous Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. He just was on the Parks and Rec, like if you were a yeah. hardcore Parks and Rec. But this was yeah. before Mar- he went into Marvel. and Yeah, right before yeah. he went. Right before he, yeah. Right before he fucking blew up. Oh, man. And then I we like found that. out about his very, very religious views. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's definitely a comment for another day. But anyways. <laughs> and um, what was funny about the... Uh, the big thing with DJ, I saw him, the, it was, you know, if you remember game five, it was Verlander. He yep. didn't get three games to one. Aaron Hicks hits a home run, loudest, loudest vibe ever. Hits a home run to tie the game. Huge. And with Judge on second, 
and I think like Glaber walked or something. Then DJ just hit a obviously field power and the ground was shaking. It was everybody was happy at once. Yeah, man. And then you remember the very next night, the night that Astros cheated, Jose Altuve, fucker, all those Astros. That's the one team I never I never thought there'd be a day that I would hate a team as much as the Red Sox. I don't know about you. Oh yeah, exactly. Astros. It's oh, but, all, for the rest of life, it's fuck the Red Sox, fuck the Astros. Yeah, bro. No, 100%. And, like, the thing is, is that they were so fucking smug about it. They were, like, oh, yeah. they fucking, every Jeez. time they eliminated us, both in 2017 and 2019. While cheating. Were, yeah, bro, they were fucking cheating. And then they were, like, oh, you know, like, well, we just outplayed them and just did all. No, you fucking did. <laughs> you knew a pitch was coming. Motherfucker. Yeah, bro, that's not. Yo, what is this, a video game? Like, what do you have? The slider? Guess set the up? pitch. Guess but the pitch yeah, on guess, the show. What is this bullshit? Guess the pitch. Fuck that, bro. <laughs> Come on, dude. They yeah. did. I've never was so happy to see the Nats beat them. Like, that yeah, team doesn't bro, deserve I'm, any sympathy. And the damn pandemic saved them from America just destroying them in booze. I still think that'll be the case. Yeah, bro. Wait, also, can we talk about the fact that fucking. The Red Sox hire Alex Cora in the <laughs> during the fuck during the fucking riots, so yeah. it would go under the. They literally hired him during the BLM riots. People so, are gonna people forgot he's back in baseball. AJ Finch is pitching is managing the Tigers too. Yeah, bro. I know. <laughs> fucking cheaters, man. All right, we kind of got a little off track, but I love the re-signing of DJ LeMahieu. I love the signing of Corey Kluber. Like the yeah, fact that you do, you do even even with his um, injury history that some people wear, he love you. Listen, still I okay? do. I think, you know, I think it takes a certain it takes a certain fucking uh, alpha energy to handle New York to handle yeah. New York postseason. You gotta oh, yeah. you gotta go in. You need the pedigree. And honestly, I think Corey Kluber, he's a pitch to contact kind of ground ball guy. I think he, to piece together. So basically, obviously. All hail Garrett Cole. He's going to be our ace. Duh. He's My going guy. To, every fifth day, he's taking the ball, and he's going to get us a W. Like, that's just how that's going to go. Um, <laughs> but to obviously, after that, you know, the we lost Tanaka, who seven years of wonderful mm. service. Appreciate it. I love Tanaka. Him. Love Tanaka. Brian Cashman said, to Brian Cashman's credit, they signed that 7-157. And on that day he signed, he said, I've signed our number three pitcher, for the next seven years. And you know what? Tanaka was everything about that and more. He was a number two the entire time and oftentimes a number one. So, like, and we trust him in the postseason with the exception of this past season. But of course, of he, course. he was clutch when we needed it. Yeah, man. And, um, but, uh, you know, Kluber, Kluber's great. If it, this, this works, you have two Cy Young Award winners who could pitch well on the top of your rotation. Bro, Corey Kluber's. Severino coming back, who yep. everybody seems to forget that Luis Severino exists and throws 97. Mm-hmm. He really, it kind of gets me upset. They're talking, like, all these analysts are talking about the Yankees, like, piecing together innings. I know he's out till the middle of the year, but they're like, oh, you have Herman, who hasn't played in a year. Domingo Herman was great two yeah. years ago. We'll see. Hopefully, it will be great this year. You have, um, Jordan Montgomery. You have Davey Garcia. You have Michael King. You have all the, there's like, Listing these people, and I'm like, you're acting like those seven people that you just listed can't put together, like, two of mm-hmm. them can't be a four and a five. And now Jameson Tyon, if Jameson Tyon yeah. 
He's healthy, bro. Like, he's honestly the next Garrett Cole. Like, it's the same for He was projected as that. He was at one point the very best high school prospect in the game. He got picked He got picked in the draft in between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And, yeah, he, he, I know he's had quite, quite, a, uh, quite a life. I mean, he two Tommy John surgeries. I didn't even know that was yeah, possible. I know, two Tommy John. I didn't he once got hit in the head, a foul ball straight to the head, and he pitched. He kept pitching the game. I don't know if you heard that. That's psychopathic energy, but I love it for New York. I just love it so much. And, you know, him and Garrett Cole are apparently best friends, so um, let's Listen, do it. Let's yeah, do it. Garrett, you know how hard a worker Garrett Cole is. So if he's best friends with Garrett Cole, I don't think Garrett Cole would be best friends with someone who didn't work as hard as, as him, you know? So I like this. I'm excited. I mean, I won't lie. I didn't know who he was if you until this signing, but been doing a lot of research. I'm excited. He seems ready to go. And, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl ends, it's pictures and catchers. What? Did you see his uh, interview today? I heard very snippets, but I have to go back and check yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. I, I, I just saw a headline that it was like, I'm fired up and ready to go. Like, being traded to the Yankees has given me a new motivation to be an alpha and everything in life. It was like something like that. And it just got me immediately rock hard. I was so fucking Let's in. get it. I'm, Let's I'm get hyped, it. bro. I'm fucking hyped. The Yankees oh, are yeah. 28 this year, bro. It is our year. That's how it goes. Judge is going to stay healthy. Stanton, who is mashing at the end of the year, is going to stay healthy. Glaber Torres, huge rebound year. Aaron Hicks, who's fucking hole in, playing on the LPGA. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Fucking shit. Dude's nice at golf. He's nice at baseball. I'm so excited for the Yankee season to start. Pitchers and catchers in what, like a month and a half, two months? Yep. I think it's two yeah. weeks after the Super Bowl, so uh, we're right there. We're right. It's coming. It's coming. And um, it's just my – the one thing I just wish is we had a, some more lefties, but – Yeah, we have any more lefties. It's true. I thought maybe uh, – you know, why not? I guess bring back Gardner. Well, another one more year. He's earned it. Listen, we need a lefty bat for sure. I was hoping we would trade for Josh Bell, but he would have – you know yeah. – he went to the Nationals. Yeah. I was hoping I, Michael Brantley, but he's going back to Houston. Yeah, Brantley. Well, fuck him good. now, Lord. Fuck that guy. We didn't want him anyway. <laughs> he's a really good left-handed hitter. Yeah. And, uh, but just my last question, Andy, what do you do about Chapman, though? He's he's really – he's put us through a lot of stress lately. But do you I, – well, I personally – if it was me, I'd put Britain in the closing spot. He had a really great year last year. And – um, they got rid of Adavino, so I guess yeah. no more setup in there, no more Canely. So yeah, I mean Chad Green, but Chad they use Chad all over the place. So yeah, that guy is knows how to throw some innings. He's good. Chad Green is very good. Arguably one of like if you look back at the last, he was bad two years ago, but the last three years yeah. he's been arguably our best, like our most consistent performer for sure. If if you throw out that one abysmal he like he started giving up like eight runs in like two innings and then it was like all downhill uh, like two years ago anyway chad green's nice um yeah i don't know man i think chapman is just such a presence like to bring he's always sweating um he's <laughs> incredible i mean you know he's dominant like in the way he releases the ball it is scary makes a hundred look like a hundred and five the issue is, is that because it looks like 105, it comes off the bat 
at 120 if it's barreled up. So, and it doesn't happen too often, but when it happens, and especially, of course, the last couple of years, it's been Chapman pitches that have ended our uh, ended our seasons. So, to be fair, one of them Altuve knew was coming. Correct. One of them Altuve knew it was coming. That's very true. At least one. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't know, man. So you would trust I, him? You think give it one more I shot? I try. I, listen, I mean, obviously, it's a long season. If it, if things aren't everything, the only thing that matters is October for the Yankees because we know we're getting there. You know, like our roster is just too good to not get there right. over over that long a season. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think I think Chapman still gets it done. Britain is great, though. I have no problem if if Aaron Boone needs to give Chapman a little push in the right direction or a little wake up call, giving Britain those high le- like the highest leverage inning. Because the, the honestly, you know, the bullpens develop these days. It's not the bullpen of our past. You put your highest leverage guys in when that leverage situation comes up, whether that be the fifth, the ninth, or the you know what I mean? Like, I, do. I don't know. And the fact that they're so flexible, Britain and Green especially, is very nice because they're able to eat those innings. For sure. So, by the way, you're glad no Bauer? I'm happy. Apparently him and Garrett Cole hate each other back from college. I, I mean, I would imagine that they just hate each other because <laughs> Garrett Cole was like just trying to go about his work and be quiet, and Trevor Bauer was just like in his fucking face about it. I'm sure they're not <laughs> friends. <laughs> so apparently Trevor's going to the Mets. Now listen. Wow, I, yeah, I did hear about that. Mets, heard trying about to, Mets trying to get a distraction. We know they had quite a, a few. They had a, quite a few days. I mean, listen, I love the trade for Lindor. I think Lindor's a fucking stud. I mean, Even though Glaber's I, our guy, but Lindor's something else. Glaber, but Lindor's a stud. Yeah. I wanted I wanted Lindor to play shortstop and Glaber to play second, but it's fine. It's okay. Um, so I like the Mets trading for Lind. I don't hate the Mets. I honestly like if the Mets aren't playing the Yankees, I'll root for the Mets. Yeah, you know I respect what? them. You know the the way it works is my family's all Mets fans. I'm the black sheep. Ah, uh, you're the black sheep in the family, huh? Oh, so, um, yeah, my grandpa's a Mets fan, and uh, 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 it was just uh, I just like the Yankees. What could I say? We're starting a new family line that way. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah, I get it. My dad sang the national anthem for the Mets in, like, 26 consecutive seasons. No way. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, bro. Not not every game, but, like, at least yeah. a game. Yeah. All right. So, I've been to a couple Mets Mets games in my day. Uh, listen, I will root for the Mets unless it's against the Yankees. The Yankees of course. Guys, of course. But I like the moves they're making. Obviously, they had some personnel issues um, this week mm-hmm. earlier that have to be addressed and obviously like what justice was served for sure yeah, glad sure. glad they made that right away and I to do it, to do it. teaches a Let's lesson go. to people i just got the update that brooklyn <laughs> won because i'm a huge brooklyn nets fan too brooklyn nets oh yeah. man well we could quickly transition we'll finish on baseball real quick but um but the yeah the the Yankees you know respect the Mets good luck but you know it's funny how I don't know about you but it seems so many more Mets fans are so cocky lately there's even living in their own world this winter I, I mean, just want the Yankees to crush that low key let's go with that you know I mean New York City will always be a Yankee city like yeah. 
It will always be a Yankee city. The Mets are always the little brother. Um, and it's funny because the little brother is, you know, really excited about almost being 500. <laughs> yeah, no, it is what it is. It's I, I honestly, to transition to basketball really quickly, the Knicks fans have been a little proud. Listen, the team looks – the number one defense, it looks good. I watched – although I did watch that game with Portland – Last night they looked bad. What a what a disgrace! We see an RJ getting just. just you see that block against RJ was embarrassing. Bad, it was bad. But listen, a couple of my friends who are Knicks fans are getting a little pompous because you know the Nets. Obviously, they've lost two games to Cleveland, but they're figuring it out. They had never practiced together. You know, this is a big experiment, and all that matters is what we're talking about in June. And what we'll be talking about in June is the Lakers against the Nets. And that will be the finals. And I'm telling you right now, like I, I see no other, I see no other outcome. The Lakers are so good. And the Nets, yeah. I just don't see anybody in the playoffs being able to contain the Brooklyn Nets. No, with their big, with their, what are they calling that? What's their new nickname? The three of them, the, uh, um, what did uh, James Harden say at his press conference? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, like I, don't, I, I don't have it. I don't have it on me right now. But uh, the KHK, I guess, or like. Uh, I mean, it was like this is like. What was it? Not the big I, three, but oh man, it's it's killing me. Cause I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of it. Uh, if we stop talking about it, we'll probably remember it. You yeah, know we'll that, remember it. That happens a lot. Your name into it is to stop talking about it. But yeah, but so yeah. you're you're happy. You you're 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 obviously happy about the big trade. Oh, you're happy you got that. I very, I was very skeptical, very skeptical because I love Jared Allen and I love Harrison. I know, bro. Well, <laughs> I mean, the crazy thing is that the trade actually saved Karis Levert's life because if they didn't do that. Uh, if they didn't do that medical, Karis LeVert never would have found the tumor he had. Yeah, I heard about that. That's something else, huh? Yeah, bro. If he didn't, if he didn't find that tumor, he would have been in real serious trouble. So it was kind of a blessing that they found the tumor. Right. For sure. and nothing, nothing but love for Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. They also traded Torian Prince, who's a nut. Torian Prince mm-hmm. could go. Um, and Rodion Kuruks. I miss Kuruks, bro. I like Kuruks. So, but you are you, even with all those first round picks for essentially the 2020s, you think it will be worth it if all those trades and all this happens, but it gives you one championship at least. You're you're okay with it? One championship is one championship means we got what we paid for. Right. Two championships. No, seriously. I mean, you we're this is a win now, win at all costs now kind of move. And I don't, I don't mind it at all. I think it's a good move to position yourself mm-hmm. in that position mm-hmm. because now ultimately you have three top fifteen players in the league, top twelve players in the league on one roster, like, and yeah. it's it, it's an incredible thing to watch. If they ever learn how to play defense or defensive rebound, it's going to be a mm-hmm. really. Um, but yeah, man, I'm really. I saw the first game, which was Cleveland. And even though they lost, like, it was so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah, that big double overtime game and yeah, making moves. And, yeah, like, 
you know, I'm happy for Brooklyn. You know, again, if the Knicks were playing, I would want the Knicks, you know, respectfully as you'd want the same. But, you know, as your Nick, you know, as your friends who are Knicks fans, it's just in our blood. We always get overhyped over the littlest things. We, even when we go on a winning streak, it's a big Bro, deal. I just, I just want the Knicks to be good again, man. I just, I, Do you know how big – I mean, you know how big the city's going to be when the Knicks in particular are going to be good. Having won, a, having won the finals since 1973 – the, you know the I don't even think the Twin Towers were built yet, and since the last time they were, then since they were, they won the championship. But obviously, our world's insanely changed, and yeah, the Knicks. I mean, it's they, just they wonderful nineties. They had those great nineties teams. Oh like yeah, and Jordan. <laughs> that was that's it. Yeah, Jordan that was, didn't exist. Was, he didn't play. They made the finals in between his hiatus to play baseball, and fucking Elijah one who's just on another level in those two years. Yeah, John Starks, eighteen missed field goals in Game Seven. Yeah, that's 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 a tough one. <laughs> it's just, but yeah, the Knicks. You know how NBA wants the Knicks to be good. I, I mean, that goes everything. They're still like the seventh richest franchise, sports franchise in the world, or something yeah. like that. And they exactly. have been garbage for so long, which and is everyone so hates sad. stolen. That's just everyone how the name of the game, bro. What, what? It's crazy that he just doesn't take a hint, you know. <laughs> he just has the best real speak of real estate, the best real estate in the world, with <laughs> having the garden in Midtown, and yeah, everyone wants to go there. Whether you're in music, whether you're in uh, MMA, now when they pass, yeah, the garden's thing. great, man. Garden's everything. It's the mecca. What's your favorite garden memory? Um, so my first game I ever went to see live was a Nets-Knicks play. I've always been a Nets fan. Was a Nets-Knicks playoff game in, I think it was 2003. Um, yeah, it was Stephon Marbury against, no, like, no. J-Kid and all no, that. Oh, yeah. No, it was 2003. I went, and my dad, I was the only Nets fan in the section I was in. We were, like, <laughs> up, and everybody else was a Knicks fan. And that was the first time I heard the word bullshit. Like I heard, <laughs> I had heard, I heard shit before, but I remember thinking, being like, "Why are they saying bull in front of it?" Like I just didn't get it. And like everybody's doing the bullshit, bull, you know, everyone's doing it. And my dad's like, "There's a child here." Like you said, <laughs> innocence. And like it was the worst fucking. The game ended eighty-two to seventy-nine. It was like oh. a fucking low scoring. The Nets won though, so I was pretty. I happy think the Nets swept that series. If they I did. Remember come series. Yeah. I think I went to game two, if I remember. No, it must have been game three, because the Nets were probably the higher seed. So yeah, the first the first time I went to the Garden was um was in 04 it was the Knicks it was the it was February 04 you don't want to know what's funny about that day I went the day A-Rod got traded to the Yankees I'm not no, that's life. and they announced it on the board no it was right before it I mean probably it did I just didn't pay attention and this was before the digital boards you know? yeah of course of course that's how old school it was before the garden got renovated um and uh what was I saying um yeah, it was – this is going to be cool, actually. If, if you're a hardcore basketball fan, you know how cool this is. Uh, I saw the Knicks play the Pistons, the 4 Pistons, the best Great. the best championship team to not have a major superstar. Very saw true. That Chauncey, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. Yep. Uh, Larry Brown coach. I saw Stephon Marbury. Too. Hmm? 
Darko Militic, the best number two pick of all time. Oh, yes. Oh, the craze for that. Picked, it was picked after LeBron. And, and picked before uh, D-Wade and Carmelo Anthony. Womp, womp, womp. But Crazy. hey, he won her ring, so I guess... He did win his ring. He did win his ring. So, um... Yeah, so I saw that, and the Knicks won. It was like uh, they won by four, just about buzzer beater. But it was a cool vibe. I was like, "Yo, this place is this place is lit." And just the history of Madison Square Garden. They've had Absolutely, every man. relevant most every relevant person since what the turn of the century, since the fifties yeah. at least. Yeah, man. All in there. The greatest rock, the greatest music acts, the greatest athletes. Uh, if you're into wrestling, greatest wrestling, MMA, came in there. All in one spot. It must be so like every, I just want to ask like people who've interviewed who worked at the guards like yo you're in the place where like like Freddie Mercury and Queen performed yeah man like Led Zeppelin if you ever seen the song remains the same that concert film yeah 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 there's definitely an energy in there when you walk in you can almost feel oh, yeah. the walls like the history in there it's crazy. See, Kobe have historic games there, and MJ, and then like Messier, the Rangers, all that man Wayne Gretzky the Reggie. The Reggie. Oh man, the Nick Killer Reggie. Uh. <laughs> Nick Killer Reggie Miller. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Spike Lee even tried to. I know, bro. Spike Lee tried his best, man. <laughs> oh man, I love Spike. I really do. That's a dream podcast guest for there. Oh, definitely. You'll get there. Don't you worry. I believe it. I believe it, man. I've seen every single one of the, of his movies. He's just what's great about Spike Lee movies is that since he comes from humble backgrounds, you can see a movie about people from those areas. So, Absolutely, man, I agree. If he just feels like a normal non Hollywood sucked in filmmaker, just doing what he wants. Yeah, I agree. Oh man, no. for real. Yo, Andy, we've been at it for about two hours. This is how good this has been, bro. It's been a it's been a free flowing conversation. I gotta say though, I'm I'm about to some wow. I'm about to devour some Chipotle. All um, right, all right. Well, I tied out perfectly. <laughs> Perfect. What's your go to at Chipotle? Oh, I mean, today I went with it. I like the carne asada, which is in a limited limited time. Cause you know I'm a I'm a sucker for steak. I like, feel it's been a limited time for like a year now. I don't know. Can't yeah, take it, it for granted. Time. Yeah, oh, I know it's. Hey man, but yeah, carne asada. I, I went double meat today because I was feeling spicy. You have to. Yeah, man. I, you know, bulk season, baby. Bulk season. Bulk season. <laughs> Yo, if I want to be a Marvel, no dirty bulking either. Yeah, no, but clean bulk. That's what uh, I like to hear. Yeah, never. Always clean bulk, bro. I've been going through so much protein powder, though. So, are you a Goldway type of person? Are you the? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, which way I you go? Gold, yeah, Goldway. Uh, I just yeah, whey protein, gold. Um, I honestly, ever since I started working at that sandwich shop the uh, about two months ago, mm-hmm. for some reason a routine clicked in me. It actually like really helped me, and I've been waking up and doing yoga every single morning. Really, and, like, been working out afterwards as well. But doing that yoga is just beautiful for my mental, like my mental health. It just starts me in the day right, and immediately I feel every muscle in my body. It's really good. It really is great. That's what everyone who says like takes it seriously just lets the body genuinely relax, and you get yeah. you still get a sweat in, and uh, I love it. It's great. It's a YouTube. I literally just go on YouTube and look for like twenty to between twenty and forty minutes. Like right before work, and it's beautiful. It like honestly like helps me so much. Incredible. And I had no idea. I would always laugh at it. 
like and you know i just like tried it one morning and here i am i'm now a yogi yes sir yes sir yo uh, so andy there's just um one thing i want to one more thing i want to do before we say goodbye bad, bad. it's called it's i'm excited for your answers for this it's called the Proust questionnaire are you familiar with it or heard of it not at all my friend so you know inside the actor's studio great james sure, Lipton, sure. lipton he has his 10 questions special 10 questions he got from a french Ooh. show that he ends every show with nice. i just want to ask you these 10 questions it's not rapid fire it's just you know answer as you go so just sure. 10 short but deep questions so you ready yep what is your favorite word andy my favorite word is potential. Potential. Now, that's a great answer. First one on this. What's your least favorite word? My least favorite word is impossible. Duh. Hear you. I hear you. Now, this question is a life question. It's not necessarily a sexual question. If you want to answer that way, feel free. People have did answer that way, but um, this is more of a life question. What turns you on? Um, what turns me on? I would say work ethic, passion, and self-improvement and care i like that that is that is a solid making of a human great human being so awesome what turns you off in this world (laughs) you know honestly cigarette smoking no tell me about you know that's the one place that i you know i've been you know, up until then, I worked in a big community in Manhattan for five years, obviously, in this, the COVID break, as I call it. Right. So, so many people smoke so many cigarettes still in New York. It's. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, like, it smells awful. Like, and I smoke a decent amount of weed. Don't tell anybody. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, honestly, what fucked me up was you you're you remember these ads, New York state ads, the vocoder ads. Oh yeah. Just so you just see a nice, perfect, regular person. Then just next frame. I don't smoke. I can't talk for 15 years. Yeah. That shit scarred me. I was like five years old, late at night watching Nets games by myself. And like that shit would pop up and like, yeah, nah, I'm that turns me off. Like actually like in a physical, like any relationship, like, it like i have friends who smoke cigarettes and like i'm very I, I like try not to judge them obviously but like it's a turn off for me for sure hear you bro i really hear you i guess that ad did exactly what it was supposed to do yeah so yeah. <laughs> what's yeah, that those, those ads, you know what was scary about some of those ads? Do you remember when the creepy music, um, it was like a cartoon, very creepy music. Like, I genuinely can't put it on at night. It, it's just, ooh, he's like, smoke this dude, or something. Like, uh. Oh, yeah, and the person's like, the person's like. Uh, <laughs> they got, you guys got us, ad council. <laughs> yeah, bro, you got us. You made, you made us real scared. What sound or noise do you love? <laughs> um, laughing. I love this. I love the sound of laughing. I love that. I I, I do too. I really do. Yeah. What's what sound or noise do you hate? Mm. <laughs> um, I hate the noise of 
nagging. I guess that's not really, you know, but mm-hmm. a, na- a nagging presence. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, I support you on your claim. Number seven, what is your le- What's your, sorry, what is your favorite curse word? I mean, I, the, the one I use the most is fuck, so I guess it's fuck. <laughs> so many different, like, connotations. Like, I love it. Fuck. Uh, yo, let's fuck. 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 <laughs> fuck out of here. I just... <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. <laughs> fuck is probably my favorite. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um... I would love to be a sports broadcaster. Hey, all right. Hey, it's never too late if you want to do that. Side hustle too. Do the I mean, listen, I might, you know, I, I would happily do like live calls of Yankee games with you. I think we'd be pretty funny. No disrespect to Michael K or Ryan Rucco. They're the GOATs. Oh, no all, disrespect at all, but people would love us. That'd be fun. Yeah, man. bro, we'd be electric. We'd be electric. So, uh, yeah, Damn I would love straight. to be, I would be, a, I'd love to be a sportscaster. All right. All right. What profession would you not like to do? Um, I, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to be a, I don't know. I, I find good in a lot of things. Let me try to, fi- let me try to figure out something that would not be fun to do oh i'm awful at washing dishes so like a personal dishwasher Mm. like that shit i would not like dishwashing at any like i work at the sandwich shop and i do literally everything there with everyone except washing dishes like can't do it (laughs) like i'm just like not good at it and it's (laughs) very easy like i know the technique and i'm just not good at it I, i don't know why i just don't have the heart or dedication for dishwashing apparently that's why you're great at other things. And my final question for you, Andy, before we say goodbye, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would like him to say, your job's not done. All right. Come here and get to work. <laughs> Let's get it in heaven. Hey, baby, we gotta get. We're working on that golf game in heaven. Oh man, probably could go every course ever with that. Yeah, for little Tory Pines, mm-hmm. little uh, Beth Page. Hot, what is the? I always pronounce it what Hashikosh or they've played the U.S. Yeah, yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go, let's go. But I yeah, Andy, is there anything you uh, have to you want to add or to say? You have anything else to say before we say goodbye? Oh man, just appreciated spending some time with my uh my brother. And That's right. Talking about some really cool stuff and uh, catching up. And did um, you come back again? Of course, bro. Come on now. Let's do it. I yeah, mean, yeah. Tell that season when I saw that pilot, then we'll really have something to talk about. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, everything beyond, especially Yankee stuff and and oh. just more all this fun stuff. Listen, if you ever need a, a hot take from a Brooklyn Nets, uh, New York Yankees, obviously you got the Yankees covered, but a Brooklyn Nets fan or just a, you know, a ridiculous comedic sports take, you know where to find me. Oh, man, I just get you on just because you're an awesome guest and it's a good vibe. Oh, so long, huh? 
<laughs> but Andy, where can we find your where can we find your content one more time? Can you just plug that in for us before we go? If you're looking, if you're looking to say what up or uh, see any of what I do, which is basically just cheap and shameless comedy and singing, uh, you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Alessandro Gian Viviano Gian G I A N, very Italian. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lots of stuff coming. Have a boatload of ideas and uh, just. Got to find time and people, amazing people, to produce and make them with. Oh, man. Rise with that. And anytime you need anything to promote, I'm here for you. But Alessandra Viviano, Andy Viviano, what a great time. You the man. I love you. And let's definitely hang out once this pandemic ends, too, because you know we're close. Oh, hell yeah. All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. But with that... Andy Viviano, you the man, and I'll see you really soon, buddy. See you, guys. Alessandro Viviano is one fascinating person, and I totally saw that in this show. Thank you so much for an incredible appearance and great vibes and bringing an energy that I truly appreciate and all the listeners of the Productive Conversations podcast. Just some reminders, if you want to get exclusive content of the Productive Conversations Podcast, follow us on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, one word. If you want to get my personal page on Instagram, it's MattBrown300. On Twitter, it's MattBrown31. And yeah, feel free to like, subscribe, and give a review on all podcasting platforms and YouTube if you have not already. It is all greatly appreciated. We'll be back tomorrow. I will give my predictions on this year's Super Bowl, the legendary matchup, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be great. And my guest for tomorrow's episode is none other than Chiefs fan himself, Jake Campbell, as we talk about sports, movies, and and other funny stories in between. That's going to be a really exciting episode in 24 hours. But once again, thank you to my great guest, Alessandro Viviano. Remember to also check him out on TikTok and check out his awesome content creation. But again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you to the greatest listeners and followers in the world for tuning in. Each and every single one of you is greatly appreciated from me and I have a special place in my heart. And I will continue to create to create great content for you. I'll see you again tomorrow. Be safe, be well, and do the right thing. With that, my name is Matt Brown. Have a good night. Peace.